Welcome to Musically and Technically Speaking, a podcast where music and technology intersect. Hosted by Brenda Minch and Carol Brose. Tonight's topic of discussion centers around what do you think your undergraduate music education was missing? Another Matt's Musically and Technically Speaking podcast. Beautiful voice. Thank you. It's even slightly sickly tonight, but we're here just the same. So we decided that we didn't want to talk about... Oh, wait. We have Carol and Jennifer and Brenda all together tonight. Yay! Yay! Everyone was available. Thank goodness. Okay. (laughs) So we were going to talk about... um, Things they did not prepare you for in college today because we decided we want to kind of keep it light. So who wants to start this one out? I'll start. Um, My number one thing is class control. I think that's one thing they don't talk about. If they do, it's like a 30-second little thing. I think, you know, when you teach um, in college, you teach your friends, you teach your stuff, and you're really into all your standards and curriculum and all that, and that's great. But how do you finesse and how do you teach those little 10 year olds or 8 year olds or 14 year olds you know how do you set up the whole uh, parameters of your rules and um, that type of thing I think that is really um, a key component in the music room and they just don't stress that enough I think that's one of the downfalls and plus we don't see our rules and we're consistent so I think that would be my number one thing that they just don't teach enough of and like you know, you just, you don't get that. You don't get that much of uh, understanding, you know. Okay. Jen, did you feel like at your uh, undergrad that you got a good background in classroom management? No. I would, Carol said that I was like, so I totally agree because it's, there's so much focused on theory and philosophy and not the practicality of it. Um, and that's kind of, I, I agree with Carol, especially, I mean, I was student teaching in a situation, and I did start at the beginning of the year, but I wasn't in front of the kids for several, for a little while, mm-hmm. um, based on when things started. Band didn't start at the very beginning of the year. It didn't start for a couple of weeks, so the first couple of weeks was a lot of kind of seeing how they set things up, mm-hmm. like with organization, but not really how they set the tone, because it had already been well established for years. Right, and that's the thing. You walk into almost a perfect setting. Yes. And then many of us, at least for me, when you get your first teaching job, I would say I walked into a very bad situation where they had different music teachers or they had didn't have music and that type of thing. And so, you know, I was trying to uh, come in and there were bad habits already. So it wasn't perfect, you know, where my student teaching was perfect. Right. And now I'm dealing with all these other issues and all these behavioral issues and dealing with, you know, um, a lot of other things going on. Um, I think another thing that they don't teach you is really how to work with other teachers. I think that's another, you know, where you have to realize that the, um, that the 
you know, the other teachers, this is their break. And if you, you, you can't just be going and changing music times here and there and here and there and re realizing that, you know, the other school, the school's going on. Um, be very conscious of that, you know. But that's personal relationships, I think. Well, and I think that they also don't make a point. I mean, I guess at my undergrad, they talked a bit about, um, you know, how you were going to have to kind of, for lack of a better word, fight for students, um, keep them in your program maybe because of where I'm located at. Mm -hmm. But um, they didn't talk, you know, kind of on the same way you were talking about, about how to deal with another teacher, but specifically how to deal with another teacher who is not a music person. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. we are like our own little social weirdo group, right? <laughs> it's kind of floaty and... Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? There's a certain oh, yeah. way to talk to each other and it's okay. We all get it. We're music people. But, you know, like the math teacher mm -hmm. just looks at you like you have some big green bird on your head sometimes when you talk to them. And it's because mm -hmm. we don't think the same way. Right. I agree. And so it, I think, you know, um, I always make sure that if I cancel a class that I I make it up or move it around. I, whenever I go to a teacher to talk to them about something, I always offer the positive first and say, you know, I can't do this because I'm trying to do a rehearsal or whatever. And I really, I work it around so they get the better deal. Right. You know, and I think that's that only helps, especially in the first couple of years when you're teaching. Because you don't want to be noted as that teacher that's always canceling and all that. I remember I came in to my very first teaching experience at my school I am now, and the principal sat me down and said, now, how do you run rehearsals? We don't, the last person had 15 rehearsals. We can't have that many rehearsals. I mean, so I walked in already. They were negative on any type of rehearsal I was going to have. Right. You know, um, and so I think that's sort of a. You know, plus you have to work the schedule on the PE department. Got to make sure, you know, at least for me, we're sharing space. Well, right. And, and now you also have to work around the RTI kids and all that, right. other, you know, stuff. Right, right, right. So you have your own little private schedule going. Right. So um, I, I think class control and how to work with other teachers should be paramount. I think that should be one of the first things on how things work. And I think they should have little scenarios. There should be a little book. That's my next book. Little scenarios, all the things that happened, and how how did you deal with them? You know. Oh, it's not a book, and it's definitely a series of blog posts. Yeah, there you go. Because I think we come across this every day, you know, and um, you know we deal with the fire drills, with the you know dealing with, um, you know having I I had one class I didn't see for two weeks because of all the scheduling. You know, how do you deal with that? And trying to still put on a show and still try to see the kids or keep your other classes in balance so you don't have one class that's you know two weeks behind as an instrumentalist major i wasn't trained at all on what to do as a general music teacher and finding i mean there's really not that equal balance of okay yes you're an instrumental specialist but you may find yourself in a general music job and it happens a lot mm -hmm. um and not at all being prepared for what life is like in gen a general music classroom. I didn't student teach in a general music classroom. I didn't take any general music classes in college. Yeah. It was all instrumental. I had one vocal methods class, and I had to sing in choir for one semester. Yeah, and that's interesting so, you brought that up because I would, I'd love to do a study. I really think there are more, more general music teachers that teach that reach more performing arts. 
Mm -hmm. oh, and, yet, and yet we're, we're sort of put off to the side. And if you decide to teach general music, well, you know, you're not really a music teacher. You know, and I think we need to change that. And I, I think it is changing, in all honesty. It is. And I think, I mean, and I was having a conversation with my coworker that, you know, I taught band for four years and then made this switch. And this is where I feel like I was meant to be. And it would have been nice to find that, you know, years earlier. But I still have had to work really hard to get myself to that level where I expect myself to be so that I can reach and service the kids. But, I mean, Carol, you and I teach on a quarterly basis, and for a lot of our kids, that's the only music right. experience that they have. Right. And, you know, it's interesting. I never thought of it. I was in a class last year, and one of the teachers that was teaching the class said, it, you are teaching a class that you were really never part of. I mean, every general music class that I was in was, you know, basically, I won't say blow off, but it was. I mean, I, I played the piano. I played the flute. I sang. All the stuff they were going to teach me, I already knew, mm -hmm. you know. So I didn't know how it felt to be that general music kid sitting in that class and I'm showing them how to do different things in music that is completely foreign to them. Yeah. You know, so we don't really have that experience of how to be in that class. We only know the experience of I perform, I love music, you know. So mm -hmm. the, trying to be in the shoes of that kid that, yeah, he listens to music, but, you know, he doesn't really understand. How, he's never really performed, doesn't really want to perform. Um, you know, how do you sort of get that so they are getting a good experience and a positive experience? I mean, that's my number one thing, positive and, experience. Yes. And I know I've had kids with where they've worked with GarageBand or other programs like that. And these kids who don't have a lot of musical training are all of a sudden they're shining. They've found their element and their niche. Mm -hmm. And I have... You know, I've had kids that come to me asking, begging for computer passes for a study hall so they can go work with GarageBand for fun. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I do a lot of that stuff in my classroom is to reach the, the kids. You know, it gives the, the kids who have a lot of experience with music another experience. But those kids who don't have a lot of musical training, they still get a rich musical experience in there. I mean, we still do note reading and, you know, we play instruments in class, but they... They love that part of class. Well, it's create. And it's the exactly. top. Creative. It's, it's the top of the whole, you know, in terms of uh, lists of things, you know, show me and all that. But the top one is create. Mm -hmm. Kids want to create. I mean, that's what they want to do. Yeah. So, and we do that all in the elementary, the K-3. I know Brenda, you, she can talk about this extensively. I mean, her kids are creating every day. Mm-hmm. You know, either it's dancing or singing or whatever. Sometimes we lose that peace in the junior high. You know, we think it has to be all about, they have to know. Well, it's easier at the junior high because they start to say that they don't want to create because that puts their puts themselves out there, you right. know what I mean, to be criticized. And so it's easier to say, well, okay, we don't want you to create, we want you to know because then whether you do or you don't know it, you know, people aren't going to make fun of you. They just might think you don't know what you're talking about, but they're not going to make fun of something that you personally invest, right. you know, heart and soul into, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is where you're if yet with the junior high kids. But I think on the same vein, the junior high kids really need some outlets to put out what they're, what's going on in their lives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we're going to, we see that more and more because the social networking is all about that creating. Mm -hmm. So I think that the, it's becoming more and more that creating. Um, but I think, like I said, I go back to the, if you don't have class control, if you can't, get the class under control and work as a group and the group 
understands all the group inner workings. You know, you're not going to move ahead. I mean, yeah. it's it's going to be a, a disaster. You can have the most wonderful curriculum in the world, and I think that's a piece that's really difficult because how do you simulate that? How do you go into these schools and actually because class control is also about what relationships you have with the students. You can't just jump yourself into one class and have class control. I mean, it's the over the time that you get to know the student and understand and understand, okay, today's not a good day. Today they're tired or today, you know, it's that whole feeling and understanding who the student is, you know. And that's, that's a hard thing and I don't think it can be taught. I think it's something you sort of get as you're well, in I, I disagree, Carol. I think it no? can be taught. Can you? Can you teach that? I think you can, can you, at least at the at the basic level, break it down to steps, you know. Oh, okay. I think you're right. You're right. You're right. I agree. The steps. I think I'll, I, I go back to the rules. I mean, Brenda and I have talked about this. I don't know. Jen, do you have assigned seats? Yes. Um, we start the quarter with assigned seats, and then they earn the privilege to get to pick where they sit. Do you have assigned seats, Brenda? Um, it depends on the grade level and if I have chairs available. I have assigned seats. Yeah. Yeah. In the uh, elementary room, they're around. They sit around a carpet, and it's basically where, how they come in in line. But we have kids that can't sit next to each other. Right. And so they, the teacher doesn't put them in line together, and if they actually come in together, I move them. So. I mean, you have to have some type of structure. Yes. You know. Um. And 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 the thing is, what's interesting is. You know, my threshold for talking or whatever is very different from Jen's. And Jen's is very different from Brenda's. I mean, you sort of have to find your own little um, place. Right. You know, because like I say to the kids, some kids, some kids, the teacher says you better be on time. And you better be on time. Some teachers, you can be that minute late, you know. You have to know that. And I think as, as teachers, you have to sort of know your threshold. Some teachers, you just, sometimes I just can't handle the talking. It's over. Whereas, you know, other classes, it's okay if they talk because I know that they're listening. I, every class has a sort of different threshold, mm -hmm. you know, and that's sort of hard. And like I said, when you first teach your first couple of lessons when you're in college, you don't have any classroom controls because everyone is so excited to teach. <laughs> and all the people in the class are so excited that you're doing the teaching. So, you know, yeah. you get this wonderful, you know, you don't have that one kid that decides to lay on the ground and roll. You know, and you know, you got one kid that wants to go to the bathroom. They got another one going to the bathroom. You got a third one. Oh my gosh, what's going on here? <laughs> Contagious bladders. That's what's going on in my room. After the third kid asks, no one else goes. Right? See? See, these are little rules. I I only let one kid out of the class. You know why? I tell them in case we have a fire drill. I only want to go find one child. Right? No, I only let him go out one at a time. But after so the, do I. the yeah. kid asked, after he really had to go, the second kid maybe, third kid, and eh, we're getting iffy. Fourth kid, nope, sorry, we're done going to the bathroom. Right. We have this system that our sixth grade team started, and I love it. I'm going to adapt it for my class where they get passes every quarter. And if they keep them, or if they keep a certain amount of them, they get a reward at the end of the quarter. They get like a special fun partial mm -hmm. activity. And it's really limited. Kids make it, you know, going out to get go to the bathroom, go to the, get a drink. Anything that would require them to leave the room, they have to use a pass. I love it because all of a sudden I've got these kids and they think, oh, it's, you know, Miss Brinkley. She's a music teacher. She's not going to collect them. Like, no, I know the system. I know how it works. <laughs> and 
they get so mad, but at the same time, it's they don't ever leave my room because they don't really have to go. And when they really have to go, they're like, here's my pass, I gotta go. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's really limited them leaving my room. Mm-hmm. And some and- of that different type of stuff where it's like, really, are you just using my room as my class time as a break? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't have tend to have the the kids leave. I mean, it, um, like I said, I, and 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 let's face it, the two o'clock time, you sort of know. You know, I mean, there's times because it's what an hour and a half after lunch, right? I mean, hello, yeah. I mean, these things are what happens. You know, an hour and a half after the kids start school, you know, these things happen. So, um, but I think little classroom control. Yes. So, Jen, what was yours again? Tell me, I forgot. The thing you oh, wanted. Oh, my big thing. Besides classroom control is just prepping specifically with music educators um, to be able to teach in other areas of music education. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think mine is, hmm, and I think this is something I wouldn't have said my first couple of years out, but at this point in my career, what I wish I maybe could take a class on now instead of have gotten more in, in my undergrad is... Um, the developmental readiness of students at certain ages for certain music activities. Oh. Does that mm. make sense? Yes. Yeah. Because we got some basic, like, directions on, you know, when they're in kindergarten, make sure you're only doing, you know, two-handed movements that do the exact same thing. And then at the end of kindergarten, you can start doing the split hand where one hand's up, one hand's down. Right. Alternating. The cross. Yeah. And the whole cross thing. But I know there has to be like a whole, con- you know, stream of that stuff that goes from one side of when they're, you know, three-year-old all the way up to when they're in high school. I would like to know what things that I am trying to get my kids to do that they just really, the brains aren't developed enough to do yet. Right. Very good. That That's that's excellent. Yeah, because it's a developmental. And that could be easily taught. Yeah, and I'm not sure that, I mean, if I had gotten that in undergrad, I don't know that it would have sunk in because it would have been something, you know icing when I needed like plate for the cake so I don't know what would have been useful back then but it would be something I'd be interested in learning about now and that's something I mean I'm in my seventh year of teaching I'm still figuring that out and once you know third year in general music and I'm with the kids in a different way but it's definitely something I right now I'm like oh I wish there was a graduate class at Vandercook that focused on some of those different things. Yeah, it's amazing how many kids can't skip. It's amazing the amount of kids that can't clap on the beat. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. So, yeah, those things that you expect. Oh, we're going to do a show and we're all going to do this. Uh, no. <laughs> and we just lost one whole day of rehearsal because that thing you assumed we could all do, not so much happening. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so that's what I think. All right, so... Better broadening of what you're you're going to have to maybe teach, which I think at where I went to school, they actually did a pretty decent job of that. So I'm kind of surprised, Jen, to hear that. Where'd you get your undergrad from? Eastern Illinois. Oh, Carol, where'd you get your undergrad from? Ohio State. And I'm a U of I girl. Okay. Um, and Carol would like more tips and classes on classroom control, and I would like a little developmental stuff. It's an interesting mix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we- Well, thanks, Brenda, for bringing this topic up. It was good. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. 
If you would like more information on any of the topics we discussed, all the links are on the blog.